sometimes we don't do enough exploration, you know, or we think, well, that's hard. So I don't want to do that. And I mean, I highly encourage people to do hard things or make hard decisions or go into places where you're not comfortable or learn a new skill. That was Lauren Ramsey. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, Marnie on the Move listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Hope you had a great weekend. Mine was action-packed as usual. I'm finally back into my training and feeling awesome. I logged 60 miles of cycling and 12 miles of running this weekend. And I am so thankful to my cycling buddies and Lori for holding me to the training this weekend. There were definitely moments where I wanted to hit snooze on the alarm. And it's super hot in New York City, so it's essential that you get up early and out the door. Not typically my style. The best part of all of this is that I finally committed to doing the TCS New York City Marathon. It's my first marathon, and I'm super excited to reach some new goals. Which leads me to today's episode, which is all about athleticism, goal setting in life, training, and career and some great foods and snacks that can fuel you along the way. Today's guest, Lauren Ramsey, is a lifelong athlete. From her early days majoring in dance in college to flash forward, four Ironman races, 29-0-29 Eversting, and Hell on the Hill, two of Jesse Itzler's famous challenges, and so much more. It should come as no surprise that Lauren also excels in her career. She taught herself to code in college when coding was not a thing, went to work in IT at 19, then Microsoft at 25 for two decades. She later retired, launched her own business, and is now overseeing sales, marketing, and operations at No Foods, which is how we met. No Foods provides delicious, healthful alternatives to many of your favorite foods. They aim to help curious eaters transition from standard supermarket fare filled with mystery ingredients to a real food diet. No crafts alternatives that are better for you, yet still delicious. They offer everything from cookies and cupcakes to chickpea pasta and grain-free bread waffles pancake mix, no better syrup, and now no better sweetener. Their grain-free, superfood-packed products complement all lifestyles. Whether you're experimenting with keto or paleo, or just want to clean up your snack routine. Because their foods have low to zero impact on blood sugar and insulin, they're great for diabetics and anyone who needs to keep a close eye on their metabolism. On this episode, you will discover No Foods, my new go-to for waffles, pancakes, chocolate chips. They are gluten-free and dairy-free with no added sugar thanks to their special ingredient. We talk about how endurance sports are a metaphor for life, resiliency, overcoming obstacles, taking risks, and the very cool challenges Lauren has and is participating in. 
Lauren's goal-oriented, risk-taking, driven personality and quick ability to switch gears and flow in life and sports is inspiring. Setting goals and achieving them, whatever it takes, is in her DNA. Get ready to be inspired. And I think you may be signing up for your next challenge after listening to this episode. No Foods is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off at nofoods.com, K-N-O-W foods.com. Simply head over to their website, shop, use the code MARNIE15 upon checkout. I am obsessed with their protein-packed waffles and chocolate chips. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy. Scroll through the list of Marnie on the Move podcasts on your app, click on write a review, share what you like about the podcast, your favorite episodes, and what inspires you. Again, thanks for tuning in and all your great feedback on the podcast. I appreciate your DMs and questions on social. Please continue to send me emails with questions or guest suggestions. Tell your friends to listen, email them a link, post it on your social platforms when you're listening, and tag Marnie on the move. Spread the love. And of course, sign up for our newsletter, The Download, to find out about upcoming events and summits, great deals, offers, and giveaways. Now, on to the show. But before we get started... Today's episode is fueled by Sun Potion. I am such a huge fan of their super high quality organic tonic herbs, mushrooms, and superfoods. I have been using a variety of their transformational foods and supplements for the past three years. They have been major game changers for my overall health and wellness. Lately, I have been using the pine pollen and ashwagandha for hormones and balance, chaga for my immune system, and my favorite, cordyceps, for extra energy pre-workout. I simply add them to my coffee or my smoothie every day, and I'm on the move. Head over to their website, somepotion.com, and use the code MARNIEONTHEMOVE for 10% off. Now, on to the episode. I'm so excited to be sitting here with you today after just meeting you last month in New York City. Yes. I can't believe you're actually able to walk after your weekend event up in Connecticut at the it's called Hell on the Hill yes (laughs) that sounds so amazing you were basically at Sarah Blakely's house who is the founder of Spanx and she's also on Shark Tank yes (laughs) and her husband Jesse Itzler yes who is a major person to speak about in the world of athleticism and in absolutely yeah business and empowerment and also he's the owner of the Hawks. Yes, he's one of the owners. One of the, of the owners of the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell me, how was it? Uh, it was a lot harder than I was expecting. You know, it's funny when people say, "Well, what is it? Like, what are you doing?" Uh, it's really hard to explain because it sounds silly. <laughs> and I think actually, initially, when uh, Jesse developed this thing, it was kind of done amongst friends. I mean, you know, kind of one of the things like, "Hey, do you think anybody would ever do this a hundred times?" And I mean, it takes place in his backyard in Connecticut, and it's just really grown. It's uh, an invite only, so it's a like really small group of people and. and it's got a 38% incline. So uh, I think it's 66 feet or something. I looked at my Garmin afterwards and it said I, I climbed or I, you know, covered 8.2 miles. And so what you basically climb up and down a hundred times, you get four hours and the sun is beating down. There is very little shade, but they do a good job. You know, there's hydration kit stuff set up. There's a, an amazing uh, plunge uh, tank at the end. Like a and cold plunge? A cold plunge. And it was awesome and delightful. I basically got hosed down after the event and just got straight in. It was awesome. <laughs> 
Um, and so, but the event's really done for charity. You know, it kind of started with this fun idea and has really morphed into an opportunity for Sarah and Jesse to be able to contribute to a variety of different charities, nonprofits. And I think historically they have donated about a half a million dollars through this uh, event. And I think that's actually where the value in the event is. I mean, it's great from a networking perspective. I met a ton of new people, like really broadened my sort of network. But honestly, it's like starting off the day with people who tell very personal stories. We're very connected to the charities that, you know, that they're racing for on that day. And it can it can actually start off kind of as an emotional day. But it, again, as you know, as, a, as an athlete, sometimes like being able to tap into that part of kind of your psyche and say like, that's what this person is experiencing or that's what they've experienced. You can kind of carry that through and it, it actually adds some motivation to the day. And, and so, and I know I definitely like, I mean, definitely was out there, you know, thinking, digging deep, looking at people and saying, okay, I know that person's story. And if that person can be out here, I can be out there. There was a, a lady there who had lung cancer, had been in remission uh, for five years and recently just found two additional tumors. And two days prior to the event, she had those removed. And I just think, okay, if she is out here on this, yeah. hill, I can do this. That's how I think um, every day about my workouts. It's like, if you have the body and the physicality and the mental wherewithal, yes. then there's no excuse. Yeah, and so much of it is mental because again, you're covering the same terrain a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, super, you know, exciting. You know, it's but it's like you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And uh, but yeah, it was great. It was- Did you connect with Jesse and Sarah through work, or do you know them socially? Or at- yeah, so I mean, it was, so I think initially I heard Jesse on a podcast and. I can't remember if I heard the podcast first or if I read his Living with a Seal book first. But I remember listening to the podcast for sure and going to the gym that morning and telling the uh, the guy that I was working out with and a friend of mine, I was like, I just listened to this guy on this podcast and he is wild. And he was telling the story of like Living with a Seal. And then I guess I must have read the book afterwards. And I mean, I read that book cover to cover in like no time flat. It was hilarious. And the thing is, is, you know, he put himself in this situation where he had like a seal living with him and every single single time when you know it was like seal would come over to the bed 3 a.m tap me on the shoulder and say come on we're out of here I was thinking I want someone to do that to me you know so it just it was very motivating so that's how I kind of got interested to him and then somehow I found out he lived in Atlanta and I live in Atlanta and so I was really surprised by that and then I was like oh he's married to Sarah Blakely how wonderful is that and then he had at the time I think this was 2017 he was doing a Facebook group called we do hard stuff and it was basically every month he would literally every time so every month he would sort of issue a challenge and you basically he would I think it was like phrases and like every letter you had to do a different workout like you know 20 burpees for an A and you know whatever it was just really creative and um and so I was doing that and then he did a couple workouts like in Atlanta so I went and I met him then and he was also doing a uh seminar in Atlanta so I went to the seminar and I guess we just kind of met and at the same time he happened to be kicking off this new event series called 29029 Everesting and so I participated in the inaugural event which was in Stratton Vermont highly highly recommend it it's a small event uh, it's glamping, so you sleep in a teepee, but you basically climb the equivalent of Everest. Again, it's very mind over matter type because uh, you, for this one in Vermont, you climb the same terrain <laughs> 17 times. So you <laughs> climb up. It's 1,750 feet of elevation. You get on a gondola if it's still daylight and you come back down. If I it's did. at night, you get on, you get in a truck 
and then you pray and then you come back to the backside of the mountain. <laughs> I know that. So. I've read about this. And I, I think I did hear him on um, Rich Roll. Yes. Talking about it. Yes. Um, um, yes. Because I, I thought, oh, my God, I don't know if I could go on that gondola so many times given my love of gondolas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I call it the moment of Zen. Yes. Because doing the same thing that's hard repeatedly, you really have to dig deep and it's a lot different. I, I expected as a Iron Man, right? Like somebody who has done Iron Man multiple times, I would be super prepared that I would understand how to fuel. I would understand how to hydrate, that I'd be able to dig deep. Um, and honestly, it was a lot different than I anticipated. And I really didn't know what to expect. And so, um, but I would get on that gondola and I would have some really tough words for myself. And I was really like, I don't know if I can do this. Okay, Lauren, you can do this. You've given birth. Like, come on, you can do this. And I'd call my <laughs> husband and I would be like, this is so much harder than I thought. And he'd be like, you're fine. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> that was like my partner decided she wanted to run the marathon in Miami. And she like texted me at like mile 21 or 22. And she's like, I can't feel one of my legs. I'm like, don't worry. You've got another one. Yeah, you, you're fine. Just hop. You're good. Yeah. And my mother was with me. And she's like, how could you say that? I'm like, she's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll mine never it. matter. She's fine. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, oh my God. So that's how I met him. And then we have a mutual acquaintance, I guess, uh, who is the founder of No Foods, which is the company I now work for. And so uh, when I was in conversation with the founder to, to join his team, I reached out to Jesse and just said, hey, let's kind of talk about this because here's what I think. What do you think? So yeah, so we've, I guess we've just built kind of a, a relationship based on that. And I'm but, going back actually for my second round of 29029 in about four three or four weeks in oh Utah. How many times do you have to climb up the this mountain This time in it's Utah? 13 times, oh, but nice. the climbs are longer. So it's yes. 2.3 miles each climb. And, you know, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. The heat and, and me do not necessarily get along. So I, and I realized that on Saturday when the heat was beating down upon me. Um, so I got to, I got to think through like some tactics I can take. Maybe it's a big rimmed hat. <laughs> don't know maybe it's one of those hats where it's like an umbrella you know so I get the shade off my body I don't know so you definitely need UPF shirts and yeah clothing. yes that exactly. is for sure yeah exactly um, so but maybe they make there's some like fashion like fitness tech product that has built-in air conditioning that would be know. amazing actually like if I was the only one walking up and I was like cooling myself like in, <laughs> like in a space suit I mean that would be amazing off, like the weight of the suit I think it's probably worth it like there's something about being Italian in the heat it just doesn't work for me and I live in Atlanta and so normally I don't, I don't run during the, the height of the day when I see people other run I'm like what are you doing like, um, let me but, give you some like throw water out yeah. the window of your car <laughs> exactly. water and I just salt tablets put them in the car and be like don't do that go we, back in like four hours when the sun goes down I am <laughs> such a big fan of there's no segue here I'm such a big fan of no foods and oh, nice. I you know I tried it for the first time when I we were at the founder made event which I was so excited to discover your booth for so many reasons at that event including the fact that you had waffles yes. and cookies yes that you were saying were gluten-free dairy-free and sugar-free yeah and I could not believe it yeah and then when you sent me all the great products a couple of weeks ago I've been fueling with the waffles for awesome. my long bikes tell me more about the delicious line of products yeah absolutely so and I appreciate that the way I actually got introduced to no foods was actually having been a triathlete for you know multiple years I was really looking for products that were going to give me sustained energy because what I was finding is like all those glucose, you know, like the goos and all that kind of stuff, like they were literally, 
I don't know, I felt like they were rotting my teeth. I was getting terrible stomach aches. I felt like they had kind of lost their efficacy with me or something. And I just, and especially just, when you do an Ironman. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you have GI issues when you're pushing your body like that. And um, so I was just looking for cleaner options. And I had tried a couple different things. They just didn't really work. So anyway, I stumbled upon the No Foods cookies and I really love the ingredient mix. So the, the products are really formulated with superfood ingredients. So they're egg whites, chia seeds, flax seeds, almond, and coconuts. And then we do use a sweetener, which I think a lot of people are going to start hearing a lot about called allulose. And I'll talk a bit about that in a second. But that's how I got introduced to the company. And then, you know, we do have a wide variety of products. We have over 20 different SKUs. I would say that waffles are probably one of our most popular. I partake of the waffle, especially before like a long bike ride. I love it with like almond butter. Yeah. Um, and the packaging is amazing. It's totally turnkey. Yeah. It's totally like, and first of all, our packaging's always been very bold, which is kind of in your face. It's black and white. We are going through a little bit of a, uh, a repackage redesign just to uh, bring a little bit of color pop to it. But it's going to maintain that same sort of minimalist and bold, you know, expression of, look, there's not a lot in here, you know what I mean, that can impact you. And I think a lot of folks are looking for transparency and in ingredients, and they want to know exactly what they're putting in. So yeah, so I've been a fan of the brand probably since early 2017. And then I joined the company in February of 2018. So yeah, so I appreciate so have- that you love the brand. I love the brand. And we have some additional new products coming out, which I think I sent you the yeah, sweetener. So you yes. have, so you have waffles. And so yes. what else do you have? So we have waffles, cookies, muffins, slices. We have a syrup, which is great with the waffles. We have, we have pancake mixes. Yeah. So we just released in late May, No Better Sweetener, which is our allulose powder in a pouch. And so basically what allulose is, just so everyone knows, is it's a naturally occurring sugar. It comes from a variety of places like dates and figs and things like that. And the, the, so it's not a chemical. It's not a chemical. And that's the, the important thing. It's not a chemical. It bakes like sugar. It tastes like sugar. So it's a one-to-one replacement. It does not have any of those weird aftertastes um, like a stevia or a urethritol or a xylitol, which kind of have like a mint like taste on your on the back of your palate. Allulose is not metabolized by the body. So the advantage of something like that is that if you are someone who is looking to balance your glucose levels, this is a great sweetener for you. And so, um, and honestly, when you're doing endurance and you're putting a lot of stuff in your body, like getting balance is super important. It's that sustained energy over a long period of time. So again, for me, that's what the advantage was. We have a wide audience of uh, folks who are diabetic, whether type one or type two. And so they do, you know, they do like to partake of our foods because it's something that they feel like, you know, they're missing in their diet because oftentimes they can't have a sweet or they shouldn't have a sweet. And so being able to have a cookie or, oh, I forgot our chocolate line. Oh, Oh, the chocolate chips. I'm sorry. That was like part of my opening question, which I totally (laughs) forgot about. I've literally been eating. So I'm addicted to the chocolate chips. Yeah. Chocolate chips are good. I'm going to tell you, like, when I'm looking for something that is like, oh, I just want something really sweet, I'll take almond butter and just oh, dip it straight good. into the chocolate chips, and that's good for me. Ooh, so. that's so good. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot about No Foods. We're based out of Atlanta, and we've been around for about three years. We do primarily most of our business is done online at our website, nofoods.com. That's K-N-O-W foods.com, and also on Amazon. And then we are in um, a bunch of different retailers, primarily like specialty retailers, Wegmans. Vitamin Shop, Harris Teeter. 
So how are you growing and expanding the brand? And you mentioned that you're doing a re like a little bit of a rebrand. Yeah. So we're doing a bit of a rebrand just because anytime you've been in market for some amount of time, it's always great to kind of do a refresh. We've got, unfortunately, we have like our previous packaging was all done in pouches. So while it's convenient, it's not necessarily the right packaging when you are starting to push into retail. So we're transitioning into what I would consider more retail approved type packaging boxes or pouches that are more aligned to how they do their planograms on the shelf and sizing those things appropriately. So you'll start to see that roll out actually with the No Better Sweetener is the first time we really brought the new package design to market and we just released that. So and so yeah, so we'll start transitioning all the packaging to that. And if you look at our cookie line right now and you look at the original packaging, they don't really match up. So we got to bring everything back into alignment and then roll those back out. So you're going to change the cookie packaging. Yeah, totally. And also because allulose up until April was basically categorized by the FDA as an added sugar. And it's kind of weird, but the way that they look at whether something is a sugar or not is whether it, you know, disrupts your high, your dental hygiene health and like one other thing. And so I for, I'm sorry, I forgot what the other thing is, but kind of not how you would normally think about it. I don't think in April, they basically issued a draft that said, okay, allulose actually doesn't meet the requirements of what we would consider an added sugar. So what that means is that we'll change our nutritional panels to actually, you'll see allulose now line itemed. Right. And so instead of it saying added sugar, because a lot of times people look at our package and they're like, this has a lot of sugar, but it's because of the way that the FDA requires us to list it so now it'll be listed in like the ingredient section so it'll say dates well or we'll say allulose it'll say allulose okay. still but and we'll still have to use I don't know if you're familiar with the whole net carb model so anybody that's following kind of a low carb diet maybe they're a keto person or someone who's just trying to keep their carbohydrate level low uh, net carbs essentially are the amount of carbohydrates that exist in something that will impact your 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 glucose levels and so so we use net carbs, and basically what it is is the carbohydrate count minus allulose minus fiber. So we put that on the front of the packaging. And so, you know, what I would love to see is eventually us not having to do that sort of thing, but for now that's what we kind of have to fall to. Yeah. Okay, well, it's kind of industry standard. It's, right? it's so becoming like, to. yeah, I think especially with more and more people sort of adopting a keto lifestyle, you'll see a lot of companies who where keto is part of their audience, you'll see them right. specifically call that out. I feel like it's kind of more of a marketing thing, but yes. again, what it's really saying is those are the amount of carbohydrates. That's awesome. And so not only are you spearheading and leading the way with no foods, I love how on your website, you say that you're an intrapreneur and an entrepreneur. So tell me about your own venture and going for green, because yeah. that is really interesting to yeah, so um, when I sort of say I'm an entrepreneur, what I actually kind of mean by that is I actually worked in a corporate environment for 25 years. And I always, for whatever reason, always looked for the opportunity where it's like, hey, we're really looking for, you know, somebody who'll go do X. We haven't figured it out yet, but we know we need to like focus on this. And I'd be like, I'm your girl because I love to solve problems. And I would always sort of go towards where there was a new team that really, there wasn't, you know, there was an idea, but not necessarily a strategy um, or, hey, we need to solve for this. And we're just looking for somebody who can do that. And so always, I, I recognize like in my career, um, in corporate America, I always went after those jobs. And eventually it got to the point where 
um, I would say, hey, this is a problem we have to solve for, and this is how I want to solve for it, and now I want to go build that program, and I would sort of take that on almost like a passion project. And so it was very, I would consider like entrepreneurial because it's done within the, you know, the confines of a corporate environment. And then from an entrepreneurial, you know, when I decided I was ready to leave corporate America. And when you were in corporate America, you worked in the tech? I worked in the tech industry for 25 years, yeah. And when I left, I had worked for Microsoft for almost two decades. I'm a very proud person who worked for Microsoft. I felt like it was always a privilege. And I don't think most people normally say that about their jobs, but it felt like a privilege to be able to work there. Super proud of the work that we did at that company. But like anyone, you get to a point where you're like, okay, you know, I sort of know a lot about who I am as a person these days. And I had, oh, I had grown up like in the food service industry. That's how, you know, I feel like actually everything that I know about business, I feel like I learned a lot of it, you know, actually in food service, waiting on people, working in kitchens, you know, were that you, sort of thing. When you were a kid? When I was a kid, where yeah. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Delaware originally. I'm from this little tiny beach town called Lewis, Delaware. And that's, I mean, tourism was a big part of the commerce in that area. And actually, most of the people that I grew up with, if they weren't teachers, they were in, they either were in the hospitality industry. So, um, and so I grew up in that environment and that's actually how I funded myself in college and in post-college as well. Where did you go to college? I went to a a college in North Carolina called UNC Greensboro and I went as a dance major. (laughs) I didn't end up as a dance major, but I went as a dance major, but about two years into it, while I was, you know, things were different back when you and I were in school and getting a student loan was difficult. And even though I was the daughter of a single parent, like that was just for whatever reason, not an opportunity for me. So I was paying for it out of pocket, which hence why I still worked in college and worked like two or three jobs at a time. But eventually I learned that like, honestly, uh, I didn't think I could make any money in the dance field. And also college just was not really for me. Like I just, I really enjoy working and everything that I feel like I've learned I've sort of learned through experience versus sitting in a classroom. And I'm not saying everybody's that way, but for me, that's how I learned. And so I sort of took a step back and said, okay, well, if I'm not going to be in dance and I don't know that I necessarily uh, think I, you know, want to stay in food service, what am I going to do with my life? And in high school, I'd actually, unlike a lot of girls at the time, although I think it's growing in popularity, thank goodness, now, is that I actually had the opportunity to take coding when I was in high school, which is really unheard of because of the late right, 80s. And especially when we were growing up. Exactly, yeah. in the late 80s. And I had two female coding teachers, actually, and which is unheard of. They were both math teachers who had kind of made the you know transition over. And so I, I had some you know cursory knowledge of how to do that. So I kind of you know decided, I think I want to go into this field. It's something I'm interested in. I've always been good with my hands. So I basically got some books from in the library and I taught myself how to code and I taught myself how to build computers. And then I sort of put a line in the sand and said, one day I want to work at Microsoft. I and mean, that was probably when I was like 19. And then when I was 25, I got that opportunity. And that's probably why I view it as a privilege is like, that's where I wanted to be. And I made that, I feel like I made that happen. I went after it hard. <laughs> it sounds and like so, that's very a theme in your life. You set your sights on something and you do it. Yeah. No matter what it takes. Yeah. I don't think I've recognized, you know, a lot of times you don't recognize it until you're older and you're kind of looking in the rear view. But yeah, yes. I think that is actually a theme is like, I wanted to do that and And so, yeah, I mean, so again, it was a privilege to work there. After Microsoft, what inspired you to launch your own company? 
I just felt like, okay, I have all these skills, right? Like that I've accumulated after all these years and I really love the food service space. And so what I felt like I wanted to go do is, uh, you know, my husband and I both kind of, we, we're pretty healthy eaters, you know, we feel pretty proud of that fact that we're raising our kids in a healthy environment like that. I really wanted to bring that to the masses. And there weren't a ton of restaurants actually in Atlanta at the time that really had, that were like fast food, but on the health side, right. whereas there's a ton like on the West coast. And so I, I found a franchise restaurant company in Scottsdale, Arizona, mm-hmm. and we bought the rights to it. And so during the time of which we had the territory, so I, gr- I retired in 2016, at the end of 2016, to go run this business, right? To go, you know, launch these different restaurants. And it took a, a long time, it takes a while to identify a place and all this other kind of stuff. But during the time of when all this was happening, that company actually was in the process of being purchased. And so that caused a delay because I didn't know who we were going to business with at that point. Right. And so I said, okay, we're going to just put down a hole for a minute. And so while we were sort of doing that, we also had uh, sort of a life changing situation. My brother-in-law passed away. And so my husband and I basically took on the responsibility of raising two additional children, which, you know, we've always raised them as a village. It's just they were being raised in separate homes and so in February of 2018 we basically brought my nieces into our home and also my mother-in-law and so we became a family of seven and in doing so we kind of put that business on hold for a minute we're like you know I don't think I can go honestly from a time commitment go work in a business where I'm going to be working 14 16 hours a day seven days a week so let's just let's create some normalcy in our house first and create some stability and see how everybody's doing and then we'll think about it and um and so you know there was that gap area and that's actually when I went to to go work for no is my husband said you know I know that you feel like you need to stay home but I don't think you're going to be very good at it (laughs) he said and I think that you should take this opportunity because I think staying at home is going to be more difficult than you think and I think it's just that he knows me really well and he knows that or he always jokes you always do everything the best when you're managing multiple things and he's like being at home all day I think is not going to be great for you and he knows me well. I would have done another Iron Man. I would have done you know, yeah. like that to fill the time, you know. Yeah. But um, but anyway, I ended up going to work for No. And again, it's been an amazing experience. That's really great. Yeah. And you're still doing all your races. So, you know, you've come a long way from dance. I yeah. mean, doing triathlons and Ironman distance races and running up a hill a hundred times. <laughs> Where did athleticism begin for you? I think I've, I mean, I think I've been a lifelong athlete. You know, I feel like, you know, our generation had the advantage of being able to play outside and play outside for long periods of time. And I was mm. a bit of a tomboy as a kid. So even though I danced and I started doing that at a young age, I played like every sport. And we played, I mean, we played like these fun super games, bunch of kids especially in the summers. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. We would play like kick the can and all this kind of stuff for hours, (laughs) hours, but we would run all over the place, you know, but I think, you know, and then just growing up, I always played a ton of sports. You know, I played field hockey when I was in junior high in high school and I loved it. I played softball, blah, blah, blah. And so I've always been kind of an athlete. I wouldn't say I was like a star athlete, but I just enjoyed the sport of it. And so I've always kind of I guess I've always been active and I think it was really like getting into endurance sports um, really didn't occur for me until I was really in my late thirties. And it was really kind of one of those things where I didn't even have a bike. Me too. I was like, (laughs) I didn't have a bike and I had a lot of windsurfing equipment. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I I had another sport, but no, I had, I dumped that sport. (laughs) 
I didn't have a sport. And it was funny because when someone introduced the idea of doing a triathlon, I was like, that is ridiculous. First of all, I do not like to swim that much. I'm afraid of large bodies of water, even though I grew up on the beach. I do run, but I haven't ridden a bike in I don't know how long. And so I borrowed a bike and I did Iron Girl was the first. In New um, Jersey? I, it would, uh, no, it was in Atlanta. Oh, okay. It was north of the city, um, but it was a sprint. And I mean, I was hooked. I was hooked. And I think the thing that hooked me the most was not only the camaraderie of the race and like doing it with friends, but like I was reminded of like how much I love riding a bike. I mean, to me, and I tell this to my kids, which again, they don't have the same freedoms that we had when we were kids, but I say, gosh, riding a bike to me is freedom. Yeah. It's just, it's just you and the road and it's just so freeing. And um, so that's what really hooked me back into the sport. So once I did a sprint, then of course it's like, well, can I do an Olympic? Okay, well, can I do a half? Yeah. <laughs> you know? They want you to do a half. You're like, well, that didn't hurt as bad. And I'm not as in much pain as I thought I would. So why don't I step up to the next distance? That's and, where I'm at. And so that's why I, I love endurance sports. But I think what really, really kind of hooked me with Ironman is multiple things. One is that, you know, at the time I had two kids, married, full-time job. I just, I would say when I'm out here on this bike, I'm super grateful. And I'm grateful because my family has given me the opportunity to take this time and they recognize I need it. And when I'm out here, I'm nobody's wife. I'm nobody's parent. I'm just Lauren. I don't work for anybody. I'm just out here for myself. And I think as women, we don't do that enough. I think we care for our kids. We care for our family. We care for our homes. We work. And we just don't take time for ourselves. And I think, you know, I was super grateful for that opportunity. And it honestly it translated into me being a better parent, a better wife, a better employee, because it helped me set priorities. And because I had that time to take and be, I mean, I'm out on my bike for, you know, like hours at a time. Yeah. I am solving the world's problems yeah. out there. That's what I do on my bike. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of time. Uh, in to the water, think. I'm surviving. Yeah. I'm basically like, <laughs> Okay, the whole time I'm swimming, it's like Dory is in the back of my head. Yes. And then I get out and I'm like, I love my bike. Yes. And I'm like hugging my bike. And yes. then I love, and then I'm, you know, on the bike and I'm like, you know, I just go places. And then yes. I'm suddenly I think I'm lost because I don't see any other people. Yes. And I'm like, that's all right if I'm lost, you know. And on the run, it's like you're very focused. Yes. And you're just There's just something about, yeah, something like about getting cycling. the time. Yeah, yeah, it's just getting the time, you know, to think through things. And um, I have solved some really good business challenges on my bike. I mean, I feel like, you know, I've gotten perspective on a lot of things. But I think, again, it made me, uh, when you're basically told, if you don't follow this program on this day of this race, you're going you're gonna to be in hell. <laughs> It's real. And, and it's real. And yeah. you're like, oh, then I better, you know, follow this plan, this training plan that I have in front of me because I do not want to be in hell. And yeah. so, but again, that sort of translates into a lot of different other areas of my life in general is learning how to follow a plan and time management and what's a priority. You know, I don't watch TV because that's not a priority for me. Right. But getting, you know, an hour to, to take a run, that is a priority for me. So anyway, but yeah, I love endurance sports. I would have never envisioned it for myself. I'm not built for it. I mean, I'm built for like powerlifting, I think. And I don't know, but it's not really physically, I don't think that I'm really built for it, but I do love it, you know, and I'm not great at it. I mean, it, people always say like, what's your favorite? You're like, what were you a swimmer? This, this, I'm like, nah, I mean, honestly, I like biking, but like collectively, I don't really like any of it, but you put it all together and all of a sudden I really love it. <laughs> That's so funny. It, like it makes no sense, you know? I feel like, like every athlete that I talk to, I don't know. If, I mean, maybe when I spoke to Sarah, 
are true. Like she was a swimmer. Yes. But most people don't like swimming. No. I and mean, we just, I don't know. And there is a thing called duathlon. Yes. I've done a duathlon and I actually really liked it. I really liked it because I don't love to swim. I mean, and I've been afraid of water. I mean, this is one of the things that's yeah. super funny is like, I really am afraid of big, large bodies of water. Like even I, a lake or even just a lake, the ocean like, or both. both. And I'm like, what's in here with me? Yes. Is Jason going to grab my leg? Like See, all the Friday the 13th killed Thank me. Thank God. And- I just saw Jaws. <laughs> Um, so, so the lakes aren't that bad for Yeah, me. so, but it, it has helped me overcome a lot of that. Now, I'm not necessarily going to go swim in the ocean a lot. That one still freaks me out. But, um, but like, this past weekend, we took a lake swim. Um, that lake and, in the backyard yes, at Jesse and, and Sarah's house. It was beautiful. beautiful yeah. And it was clear. I didn't wear goggles. I could see. It was great. And we swam across, and we swam back. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize I could still swim. <laughs> done it in so long so where are you when's your next you're doing an Ironman coming up right yes so so my husband and I are uh contemplating have not fully committed yet because we're still working through like how we're going to manage all these kids and do this and da 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 but yeah so we really are looking at Ironman Santa Rosa so we have a bunch of friends out of Atlanta that train with team and training and so they have iron team is what they call it and so um we'll either train with them or train in parallel to them but yeah that's what we really want to do it it does done that one before Santa Rosa no, no. Okay. no, but it's in a beautiful lake from what I understand. So really? I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I heard it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And some of the times it's the scenery that pulls you in. You know? yeah. Well, no, I mean, you sa- it sounds like I should be listening to you for like where I should do my Ironman <laughs> because I just, I don't want, I can't swim in the ocean and I, I know myself. Mm-hmm. I will get there. The ocean doesn't look good. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I don't care how much money I spent. Like yeah. I'm not torturing myself. Yeah. And look so- to Santa Rosa. Apparently it's a beautiful lake. Yeah. So... Yeah. And the water is not too cold. Do you care if the water's cold? Uh, no, because I did Coeur d'Alene. Oh, you did? Yes. That, we were supposed to do that. And then I had to stay back and work with a client. Yeah. Uh, it was tough. I mean, it was But you tough. did it as an Ironman? Did it for Ironman. Yeah. So we were like totally suited up, you know, like wetsuit, stuff on your feet, you know, silicone. Really? Yeah. It was cold. It was, but refreshing. Do you know what I mean? It's like it was super cold, but refreshing. And then, but yeah, I mean, everybody, I remember actually Crowey was in Atlanta doing a book tour and he's like, are you doing an Ironman in his wonderful Australian accent? And I was like, yeah, I'm doing Coeur d'Alene. He goes, oh, that is a very cold swim. I was like, oh my gosh, if he's saying it, then how's this going to be? So yeah. it was great though. That's awesome. How many yeah. have you done? I've done four. Four. Yeah. And this would be your fifth coming up. This would up. be fifth. Yeah. And then do you do a lot of half distance, like 70.3? You know, I haven't in a while. So, I mean, since I started doing sort of this endurance hiking, I have been really focused more on kind of doing that kind of thing and honestly, like raising kids and working. So I've been doing like shorter distance type stuff. So this is kind of like a comeback year, honestly. Mm -hmm. 2020. It's funny because like, you know, as I mentioned, like I'm like my husband are contemplating it, but it's funny because even though we recognize like we've got some challenges ahead in terms of time management because the kids are getting older and they have homework and all these other things we're both like yeah but you know this sets us up for success in so many other ways so we just need to make it work so that's what we're working towards like that's how do awesome. we make this work how do we make this work I yeah. think it's uh, that's awesome I mean I'm sure you'll find a way you know you just like it might mean waking up earlier or doing midnight date night I know like a midnight bike ride on like yeah, Zwift like, hey what do you trainer. want to do Friday night how about we get in the pool and do 2200 we do that <laughs> we do that all the time like we'll go to the pool like date night you know yeah. and we'll like go and do our swim or we'll put on Netflix and sit on the trainers right we both have a trainer at yep. home so but yeah I mean that's really cool I'm excited to uh see what races you sign up for maybe we'll be doing the same one because be I'm actually thinking about doing an Ironman in 2020 
It's time that to is, step up, Marnie. Time yeah. to step into it's it. Time to step it up. Yeah. So, okay. So I know that you are an avid podcast listener. Yes. So what are your favorite podcasts? For I don't always ask this question, but since most of them are my favorite podcasts also, <laughs> I um, think I know. Yeah, yeah. So I would say like right now, my favorite podcast is The Doctor's Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with Dr. Mark Hyman. And the thing that I like about it is not only is he super educated, but he talks a lot about like functional medicine and talks about really this whole concept of food as medicine. And he puts things in what I would consider like layman's terms, you know, so I've, I've listened to some other podcasts where they get very technical, very scientific, and sometimes it can be, you know, a little bit difficult to follow. So but he talks a lot about like, just like the economics behind it, like why big food companies have a difficulty, you know, shifting, changing, mm-hmm. you know, what it's doing to our economy, what it's doing to our health. So I love that podcast. So I highly recommend it. I encourage them to listen to it. I'll come in all like jazzed up about something and I'll be like did you listen to the podcast this morning so I love that I love Ben Greenfield fitness podcast and I have been a longtime listener of that particular podcast uh, he's a master's degree in like exercise physiology and all this other stuff and um, graduated high school he's like 15 he's super super smart and he talks about all kinds of different he's like a biohacker I guess technically but he just talks about the different concepts of like what we put into our bodies. He does a lot of debunking myths out there. He's also an Ironman obstacle racer, all kinds of other crazy stuff. And so I love listening to him. Let's see, what else have I listened to? I listen to Brand Builder, which is really more specific to like the food and beverage industry. It's a joint venture between Force Brands and Snack Nation. So more towards my industry, I like to listen to how I built this with Guy Raz because as an executive of a small startup, I like to listen to other or other stories of like founders and problems that they had and things they overcame. And I guess it maybe gives me false confidence, but it means like everybody goes through trials and tribulations. So some of the things that we deal with, it just makes me feel better about them. I also like the forward because I, you know, right, wrong or different. I do like Lance Armstrong and he's one hell of an interviewer. (laughs) I haven't listened to that, but I heard him on Ritual and yeah. I would be into it. I'm yeah, going to check he, it out. It's pretty uh, It's pretty interesting. He does not hold back. There's a lot of F-bombs, I will say, but it makes me laugh because he's just, he's a good interviewer and he gets really interesting folks on the podcast. And then honestly, I listen to uh, Super Soul Conversations with Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly because, you know, sometimes you just want to be like, you just want to feed your own soul, you know, a little bit. And so you don't necessarily need to do so much learning. Sometimes it's just about taking a moment to breathe. And so, and I've been a lifelong lover, I guess, of Oprah. So yeah, I listen to that a lot. Yeah, so that's what I'm listening to most of the time now. When do you listen? Do you listen in the car? Because you're in Atlanta. So you're yeah, like so I listen in the car time. a lot. I listen on planes during traveling. You know, just really any time where I feel like, you know, I have a moment to myself. I wish I was reading more books. But honestly, like right now, for the time that I have, like podcasts seem to be a better option for me. And I actually feel like I sort of consume the information a little bit better. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of conversation right now about being present. And for some reason, like listening to a podcast kind of helps me be present. Whereas Oftentimes when I read, I find my mind kind of wanders and I'm like, oh, I forgot what I was just. (laughs) I'm the same way. And I think that's because of my, you know, what I, for my entire career, I scan, like I'm a scanner. It's Mm -hmm. like, because I've worked in PR and marketing. So I don't read things like I can't absorb a story. You know, I'm scanning for the story or the keywords or, you know, whatever the angle is. And I similarly, like if I go see a movie or if I'm watching a show and I'm like, oh, what are the commercials or what's this? Or there's no enjoyment in that for me. But listening to podcasts or listening to even to books, I goes into my brain. It does. I feel like it gets into my brain. And I often find like I'll listen to a podcast on the way 
day into work. And then when I get into work, it's on my mind. And then yeah. I'll start talking about the it. The whole it sort day. It cements yeah. the, the information. And speaking of entrepreneurial podcasts, give me some, uh, what's your like sage career advice or business advice since you've got so much experience like yes. anything really I guess my my advice to people is like don't always choose the easy path or the most obvious path I mean I think right now there's a lot of you know there's a lot of young adults who whether their parents encouraged it or it was just the thing to do is they went straight into college not necessarily knowing what they want to do and now here they're sitting on a ton of debt and they can't get a job and maybe college wasn't even really the right thing for them do you know what I mean but you know but I just think you know sometimes we don't do enough exploration you know right. or we think well that's hard so I don't want to do that and I mean I highly encourage people to do hard things or make hard decisions or go into places where you're not comfortable or learn a new skill I mean I've been a huge advocate for like vocational education ever since I was in high school. And I think had I gone that path, right, I took the college prep because that was the path and where you could go to vocational school, I honestly would have done better going to vocational school and probably could have gone into my career a lot earlier than I did. There does seem to be an undercurrent. And I actually saw an article post just like two days ago that said both Apple and Google have removed the requirement for uh, college education or college degree. Oh, how interesting. Because they are, they're noticing that there's this thing about experience. There's this value in just getting an experience and that that experience is part of your diversity and that you bring that experience into an environment. So, so that would be my advice is just don't always take the, just don't always go to the most obvious way. Like sometimes you just have to gut check yourself and you say, okay, well, I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to go do that. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm going to go do it anyway. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, and that's sort of how I've kind of, I've known a lot of people who have five-year plans or I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get this job and I'm going to do this thing and da, da, da. And the problem is, is when that plan doesn't work out and, you know, the universe is funny that way. Things don't always work out the way that you want them to. They don't know what to do. You know, they don't know how to correct from that. Whereas like in my life, I've always just sort of, taken a step back and said, okay, well, what am I learning from this experience? Okay, I kind of feel good about this. What's the next experience I think I need to go have? Or where do I need to go next? Or I don't know anything about that. So I'm going to go learn that thing, you know, and it honestly has served me well. So I don't know. So that's what that would be my and I would tell my younger self, don't feel guilty about it. Because I think I spent, you know, a long time in my career not letting people know that I never finished college because I was embarrassed about it. And now I actually feel kind of proud about it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Way to turn something into a win. Yeah, I think and so. It's a great, great mindset. Yeah. Great philosophy. Yeah. So hopefully you hold me true to it when oh. my kids are like okay I'm not going to college I'm going to be like okay. yeah I have a feeling this is the beginning of a very long friendship yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll be around when they're going to college yes <laughs> that's awesome that <laughs> cool well thank you so much for organizing and meeting with me I know you're here oh, and it's super you. busy no I appreciate it this is exciting I really wanted to do this so awesome thank yeah. you Marnie. thank you thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move if you like what you hear leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, 
If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.